0: God. Sometimes I forget it, but I am desperate for God. I'm nothing without God. Amen. I'll repeat. If you would come, teach. Turn with me to Galatians chapter five and verse seventeen. Galatians chapter five and verse seventeen. <clears throat> I'm going to continue on. Uh, I am going to um, talk about the war and the battle that we're in, and uh, it's boy. Tell you what, I wish. I was thinking, walking, walking in. I thought I wish, wish I would have waited with this thing. It is such a huge study. It is gigantic, and it. And I'll tell you, I am not an expert on on this. This subject here is is not a big deal. It's um, it's biblical. I'm going to talk about the, the, I talked last time I taught on three, when we become saved, we end up having three enemies. We end up having the, the our flesh, the world, and the devil, and uh, and I'm going to go through those three things. I'm only going to get through the flesh today. Um, I had so much material to condense down. I, I had a really tough time. First of all, I had a tough time deciding what I was going to teach on, and then, Oh, it's been... I woke up, I went to bed for a few hours. I woke up, I was wide awake thinking about it. I thought, well, I might as well just get up. I didn't. I fell asleep an hour, woke up, I should probably get up. And finally, I don't remember what time, four o'clock or something, I finally got up and tried condensing this. Galatians chapter five, verse 17, for the flesh lusteth after the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary... The one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. You may be seated. And so, like I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach and I'm going to only get through the flesh today. And when the King James Bible uses the word flesh, it can mean body, it could mean the body or being a human being like in, in John chapter one, it says uh, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us it could mean just a human body and and there's other meanings that it could mean but one of the meaning i'm going to touch on is what the bible it it's implying the flesh that i'm talking about is it implies our sinfulness it's our proneness to sin it's uh, the carnal nature, the seed of carnal appetites and desires, the sinful passions and affections, whether physical or moral. So it's it's these things, um, and it's <clears throat> we call it human nature, sinful nature, carnal nature, the the law of sin, or simply the flesh. And I remember Brother Walters used to use an illustration to illustrate the flesh and he would say that we don't have to teach our children to disobey, we don't have to teach them to lie. They naturally do that. We have to teach them to be obedient and tell the truth. And that is because of, of our flesh, our sinful nature that we have. And I'm not sure I'm not sure exactly how it happened. It um it says in Genesis chapter three I believe, I was thinking about this earlier, I was going to look at this, but I believe it says their eyes were open, right? Uh, The eyes of of them both were opened, and the eyes of them both were opened, so they did eat. So I thought, what did that look like? What did what did it look like in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter three when when the devil tempted Eve and gave and she looked at it and, and she looked at the apple and all of a sudden she grabs the apple off the tree and she takes a bite off the apple and immediately she must have had a sinful nature. Immediately their eyes were opened. And so I and I would guess, and then whoever did eat it first, if it was Gave it to gave it to Adam and he ate first. And maybe it even says that. She took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave. Yep, so she did eat it first and gave on to her husband. So she ate it first. And so she had to have her eyes opened. She had to realize that they were naked. She had to realize that something changed here. She had guilt. She was uh all that changed and then she ended up handing it to her husband and he ended up going through the same process and they had and it's kind of funny well I'll talk about that later somewhere in here but but how that happened you know that sinful nature but brother walters would say you don't have to teach you don't have to teach children to misbehave we didn't have to we didn't have to teach our children to do those things to steal to lie to cheat to all those things they just it comes naturally because of our 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 flesh the human nature in galatians chapter 4 verse 22 and 23 says for it is written that abraham had two sons the one was a bondmaid and the other was a free woman but he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh but he of the free woman was by promise and of course we understand from the next verse 24 it's talking about the two covenants here the old and the new covenant It that's what it's talking about but it also relates to the two natures that we have you know <clears throat> Abraham had Ishmael by unbelief and plot pot and possibly fleshly desires um I would probably have to throw that in there that that uh, he there was unbelief on their part and they they did it and there was a desire on his part and and uh, where Isaac was born out of faith, um, Isaac being uh, Abraham being a hundred and Sarah being a hundred or 90 years of age and past the past the childbearing time. so he was Isaac was when he was born he was, He was born of faith. And meanwhile, Ishmael was born in unbelief, and by the flesh, their own carnal carnal nature, their fleshly nature to try figuring out a plan to help God along, right? We always gotta help God, I mean, God can't do it by himself, so we gotta figure out, okay, God, this is the way you're gonna do it, I'll I'll take care of this, just step aside, I'll take care of it. That is the human nature, that is the sinful nature, that is the flesh. <clears throat> and um, so Isaac and Ishmael did not get along together and they still do not get along together. We seen that by uh, earlier in October here where, where uh, uh, Hamas came over and they killed 1400 Israel citizens. And there's saying that there's probably eighty-seven hundred people that have been died because of this conflict now, and it actually the the this conflict that we are seeing being being played out in the Middle East goes back to that birth of of Ishmael and the fleshly plan of Sarah and Abraham. That's where there originates. That is the and, it, and that spirit, that spirit and that flesh, they still are fighting. They're fighting. It's an example of the spirit and flesh within ourselves, the battle that goes on within ourselves uh, over the spirit and the flesh. It shows the, the, the son of promise <clears throat> and the son born out of the flesh. You know, and the spirit, the spirit and the flesh have completely opposite appetites. It's said it's like we have two dog. There's there's a dog within us, and whoever we feed the most, that do- there's two dogs. Whichever one we feed will will end up being superior or get you know gain the the upper hand on, <clears throat> and um and that's the way it is. We we can. Uh, we can feed one of the two dogs. We can, and it's another illustration. Is that the it? Uh, it's like opening the door of the refrigerator, and the spirit part of of this is like looking in the the refrigerator and getting food that is good and pure and holy and wholesome, and the other side with the flesh is like opening up the refrigerator and and seeing some moldy spaghetti in there and some rotten fermenting stuff in the refrigerator and the fle- our fleshly side has a desire towards that and the spirit has a desire towards the, those pure things <clears throat> and um, the two are opposed to each other and what we do eat affects us what we eat affects us Romans chapter seven, verse 21 through 25. I find then a law. When I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And he gives the answer. That's a question. He gives the answer. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So Jesus is the answer to this question. And then it says, So then, with my mind, I myself serve the law of God. I want to do right. I want to do right with my mind, but with the flesh, the law of sin. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, Brother David Bernard, he has this uh, observation on these scriptures. He says Romans, Romans chapters seven and eight discuss four principal laws, four spiritual laws, excuse me. Number one, the law of God, God's moral commands, his his, his moral law it's holy just and good but it does not give man power but it does not get give man power over the law of sin the law of the mind the inner self the conscious conscience it can ex, it can accept and desire to follow the law of God but it does not have power over the law of sin and then the third one is the, the law of sin the sinful nature <clears throat> The dominion of sin, the the compulsion to break God's law. It controls man in his actions. It it overpowers the law of the mind, the law of God, and the and the law of God alone cannot conquer it. And the fourth one we will get into later in this study. So we, where he's talking here, the law of the law of sin, which is the law of flesh. Our our flesh, the sinful nature nature, it both binds and blinds mankind. It binds us and it blinds us. We, um, as men, mankind is is groping through darkness. We have we have a chance. God is always God is light, and God is always is trying to uh, trying to draw us. But we, as mankind, we always reject light. That is. This is the this is the case for of mankind. We are we're groping in darkness. I was I was there, I was there for more than half of my life. Next year it will be half of my life. I was there, and um, <clears throat> if I live that long, so so I. But I was there. I was groping in darkness, and I was rejecting the light, and. Um, Sinful habits hold people in captivity they the the flesh the flesh justifies whatever it does you know and this is this is something that's proven by um adam and eve we try we try shifting the blame we call sin sin can be dismissed as a disease you know now they have all these uh whatever they are they. They're labeled, I can't remember the proper name for what, what they're labeled, but uh, I cannot think of it right now. But they, they, def- they have, for di- actually disobedience is, is labeled. I can't remember what it was called, and it was actually hilarious to read it. It, it, it was called something, and it's all, all this stuff is labeled. It's not because we don't want to take blame for it. What it is, it's not our problem. We're not doing it. It's this problem, this disease that's within us. We were born this way. No, 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 we're not born this way. We're born, really, I'm supposed to be a boy. I'm not a girl, and I'm a girl. I'm not a boy. I'm, we're, we are born this way. We're not born this way. We're, we're, we have a disease. You know, we always shift the blame. That is our human nature. That's our, the flesh, which the Bible calls the flesh, the carnal nature is always shifting the blame. We we, um, marital problems are because the other spouse, the adulterous husband points the finger at the wife. It's, it's not, I ha- I did it because of, you can fill in the blank. It's, it's, um, the tax cheat says the government is taking too much. The shoplifter states the company is taking advantage of the consumer with high profits. And the bitter person points the finger at the person that offended them. It's a rare thing to see a child fess up to an accident, much less sin. You know, I got actually got a call this last week, and I don't know what happened there, but somebody must have fessed up. They were my pickup ended up over at Gabe and Sarah's, and they were playing baseball, and and the baseball landed on the hood and put a dent in it, and and my. My pickup truck, I bought it and got a good deal on it because it was it had a uh, uh, salvage title because it was hailed out and fixed, and it's like, well, whatever you know that's and, and my my daughter wears knows me well enough to think he, he's not going to care he's not so, but I'm thinking I don't know what happened there, but somebody had to fess up with putting a dent in it, and that's a rare thing and to you know, we just we took care of our grandchildren for a couple of days, and we've been out at our house working. And and the the grandkids will not fess up if you tell them. You say, "Who did that?" Well, they start pointing the finger at the other one, or say, "No, I didn't do it. it must have been that one." And that's mankind. That is our flesh. Is that we do not we? And in fact, that's what Adam and Eve did, right? As soon as you know I thought about that this morning when I was studying, I thought, you know, crying out for mercy is not, is not of the flesh, because Adam and Eve, what is of the flesh is that we point our fingers at somebody it's not my fault it's their fault instead of why why couldn't the works of the flesh be be um, you know crying out for mercy and, and loving people and Being nice to people, sure be a lot easier, wouldn't it? But it isn't. That's not the way it works. And um, it's passed from our ancestors, Adam and Eve. A person hones his skills over their lifetime without God. Without God, we we get to be experts at these things. The flesh is one of our battles. It wages on with no truce possible. There is no there's no compromise with the enemy available here. We can't we can't draw up a, a peace plan with with our flesh. There's no option in that. What it is is there's a battle that will not go away. And it's um, we fi- and there's no there's no possibility of that until we finally die or are taken in the rapture. That's our options. We either have to we either have to fight, surrender, or die, go in the rapture. Those are our options. Uh, let's get this thing turned here. A law, <clears throat> the law of sin or the law of flesh. It has power, it controls, it restricts, it prohibits. You know, laws <clears throat> laws can be a good thing. It can be for safety. Um, you know, we have a speed limit, right? If we if it's posted at 25, we can go 35, <laughs> 30. I don't know. I don't know what we can go if without getting. Well, if you if I'm caught if I'm caught on 57 or 71st Avenue with um, By my nephew, I guess I could, maybe could go faster. No, (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, no, but, but it does, it, it, it does. It controls, it controls the traffic, right? You don't have somebody going, going 150. You have, you have laws of the, laws, laws of the road. I've, I've been in Malaysia and there wasn't any laws of the road. There was, there was a, um, There were two two two-lane roads, and really they were three lane roads. There was actually a middle lane that you could go either direction in. So they would pass in that middle lane that was used for both directions, and it was it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. So I suppose they knew the law. Somehow they knew the law of that road of that un. That unpublished law of a third lane in the middle and whoever wanted to go out could go out there and but I suppose there was some kind of law or some some kind some reason they would do it it maybe it was just watching there might be some other courtesies involved in it and but it was it was crazy it was crazy and and um, so it it does prohibit things and Galatians 5, 17 again, for the, the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the, against the flesh and these are contrary the one to the other so that ye cannot do the things ye would. You know, Paul makes it aware, he makes us aware that there's a force working in my body that runs contour to my best in, intentions. <clears throat> And the law was activated, activated by his fleshly nature. So we have this flesh, fleshly nature that, that is within us and actually the devil can prey on that, right? The devil can use that fleshly nat- nature that we have and he can use that against ourselves. And, uh, and he's done that. He's, you know, because... Um, you know, when, when he can get, when the devil can get a, a society to compromise and start thinking, let's see, how should I say this? You know, I'm, I'm 62 years of age, and, and it is crazy. My dad, talking to my dad, when he was alive, he was born in 1920. And when we came into the church, my, my, our family had, had kind of a, they had a tough time with it because of some of the things. And I asked him, I asked him one day, you know, we, not well, know if I want to say this. So I won't say that. I'm gonna so my my dad, you know, he lived where he he had a he lived in a growing up, he lived in a house that had no had no running water. He would he would say in the wintertime he would take a bucket of water, they would They would pump the water. I don't know if he had the well. I don't remember if he had a well in the house. Probably didn't. He had to go outside, go to the well, bring it in. Had a bucket of water for the morning. He had coal. He would go to the railroad station and get coal for the stove. He would light the stove. The stove would go out in the middle of the night, and he would wake up in the morning. He said he would have to knock the ice off the bucket of the water. He remembers. I asked him some of the things that changed some of the things that changed society. He said with the the invention of the automobile, when the automobile came to Western North Dakota, he said before that, he said people stayed around their little, their little, not very, they didn't venture very far from their home. He said when the automobile came around, he said all of a sudden people started going out. He, he told me the time he went, he went fishing with his dad in the summer and and he I don't remember what he had what his dad had for a vehicle and they were in western North Dakota and they couldn't go up the hill get to the top of the hill so his dad had to go down to the bottom of the hill turn around and back up the hill and so he's seen a lot of technological changes he's seen in World War II he said he came back and I asked him, I said, all these pictures, these are black and white pictures and and old pictures. I said, Dad, every woman is wearing a skirt and has long hair. Every single one of them. I said, when did that change? He said, well, he said, the hair in the 20s and when when I came back from the war, women were wearing pants. And so... He's seen all these changes and these and and some moral changes in the 60s and, but you know I was born in 1961, and it seemed like everything stayed the same for quite a while, but all of a sudden I'm getting in the church. All of a sudden, you know, maybe 25 years ago and and now it's accelerating at a at a crazy pace. It's like. It's like when you, a society, the devil works our flesh and gets society to change and makes one thing that society accepts it, then it becomes a normal. And I watched it happen. I watched it happen with homosexuality. I watched it happen where, where, when somebody when the homosexual agenda would raise up against against in in the society and anybody that would be a would be a business would take that agenda they would actually the American society would actually go against that business and that business would back off and then I remember when I seen Chick fil A take a take a take, take a, uh, a stance against, uh, I don't remember what it was, was it homosexuality? or But anyhow, the, actually society actually went against their moral, their, when they took a stance, they actually, society went against Chick-fil-A. And I'm thinking, ooh, this is, this is a reversal. This is a reversal the way it's always been. And society, when, when it becomes accepted, our flesh just gravitates towards that. And thats and pretty soon it's just a downward spiral. And we're going at a breakneck speed, downward American su- society is. And it, there's, at some point, some point, God is going to have to judge America. Yeah, I don't know how I got on that subject, but you know Paul tells us that our flesh has brought us into captivity, and the law of conscience and law the law and, and the law, the moral law and, and conscience, were powerless to set us free. The desire of the flesh and the spirit are complete opposite mankind may want to do right but the flesh stops it so the works of the flesh you know there's there is <clears throat> there's 5 of these mark chapter 7 verse 20 and 23 jesus talks about uh, the, some uh, list of the works of the flesh: Romans one twenty nine through 32, 1 Timothy 1, nine through 10, and second Timothy, chapter three, verse two through five. And I'm going to read I'm going to read Galatians chapter five, verse 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these: adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lascivious, lasciviousness idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, sedations, heresies, uh, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, 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 revelings. (laughs) such like of which I tell you. So in other words, anything that's like this, I tell you before as I have also told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So idolatry, it's, it's, it is intercourse between married people. Fornication is intercourse between unmarried people. Uncleanness is uh, it's whatever is opposite of purity, a filthiness of heart and mind that makes a person defiled. The unclean person sees dirt in everything. Lasciviousness, it means lustfulness and lewdness, without shame, with no shame. And we're living in those days, aren't we? Where there's no shame. <clears throat> Idolatry, it's image worship, putting things or people before God, witchcraft, it, it actually comes from the Greek word which means the use of drugs. It, it, it's where we get our, our word pharmacy from. And it also means sorcery, dealing with evil spirits, Spells, charms, and it's amazing that they that those two are connected. That drugs and and uh, witchcraft are connected. Hatred means bitter dislike, malice, ill will against people. Invariance, qu- discord, quar- quarreling's, disputes, dissensions, uh, emulations. It means envies. Jealousy, striving to excel at the expense of others. Wrath, hmm. indignation, fierceness, rage, lasting anger, strife, self-seeking, it, contention, self-seeking, self-ambition that creates divisions in the church, sedations, uh, divisions, uh, parties and fractions, heresies. It's. It means... It, it doesn't have any the word itself isn't evil doesn't have any evil indications or anything but it it's just means false doctrines envyings ill will at the good fortune of another jealousy murders to kill drunkenness intoxication revelings rioting and these are these are a list the Bible gives us this these lists and these five different places it gives lists of of the works of the flesh and and these are correct these are correct God I'm not going to argue with the Bible I it's not a good thing to do but but there is we understand that this is a list it's not exhaustive it's not an exhaustive list and and um but many times it's um your know, God's purpose for us are hindered by our, our own natural, our own fresh, fleshly thinking. Your know, God's purpose in our life, you know we we don't have to go to a bar, a movie theater, a sporting event to yield to the flesh. We don't have to do these things. They they look to us. They look like well, these are, these are things that I won't do. But we don't have to do that to yield to the flesh. It's um. <clears throat> it could be today sitting in our chair by failing to respond to the prompting of the spirit it it could be sometimes god god's will is missed because we think that we're we he's asking what he's asking is too or unorthodox or too extreme we think it's you know it's too extreme for god to ask us that and i don't i tried thinking of some some Bible examples, there's a lot of them in there, right? That we could think of. Uh, and, or maybe sometimes it's too extreme or too unorthodox. Like, for example, you know, that you have to, you have to, um, you have to uh, march around the, the walls of Jericho and you can't say anything. Well, wow, come on, what does that have to do? I, remember, I don't remember the battle. There was the battle in, in Kings where they sent Judah out first. I can't remember which one that was. It was one where they weren't going to win. They weren't going to win, and they end up sending Judah out first worshiping, and, there's no, and they end up winning the battle, right? There's, these are unorthodox things, and, and we say our, our flesh says, wait a minute, that does not make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Okay, we, we're going we're gonna to take over the, the town of Jericho by marching around it seven times, once a day, and then was it seven times on the seventh day or whatever. Whatever it is, it's, you know, we're marching it around and we can't say anything? And then we have to, then finally says shout and the walls come falling down. That just doesn't make sense. It does not make sense to our, to our thinking because that is not the way it works. It works, by, it works by us having a better army than somebody, having better weapons, being better trained. It doesn't work by us mark, marching around a, a, um, a town. It, or maybe it's too simple. Maybe it's just, you know, what God is asking is just too simple. Uh, Nahum, is that his name? What's, Naaman, Naaman, the Syrian Commander you know he was told to go dip in the Jordan, right, and he was having a cow about that because it just seemed he said there's better there's better rivers where I come from you know so it's like well his his fleshly thinking his carnal thinking was it, wait a minute, I, this doesn't make sense. I was thinking, and then it, it even says, I supposed, I supposed he was going to come out and he was going to say some big prayer, thus saith the Lord. That's the way it works. That's the way. So his mind was fixed on that's the way it was. That's the way it works. It wasn't go dip in the Jordan. It's too simple. Or maybe we don't understand it. We don't understand it. Our fleshly thinking is, hey, we got to understand it before we do it, right? It's, so Elijah told Joash to strike the arrows, right? First of all, he gets the arrow. Yeah, I really should read this stuff before I talk about it. <laughs> That's really, well, this was not a good one. I ran about... I don't know, how many how many minutes late? Half hour late to church or something, and it was it was tough. It was really tough to condense this and and um, so first of all he shoots the arrow. Okay, shoots the arrow out the window, right? I think I got this right. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. He shoots and then he tells, uh, uh, <laughs> and then he tells Elisha. Elisha tells Joash. Joash was sick. Okay, I'm, I'm, it's coming back to me now. Joash was sick. He comes in. He shoots the arrow out the, and he tells him to strike the arrows on the ground, smite the ground, and he smites. And he he said, but when he shot it, he said, he said that like the arrow of the deliverance. But however, he said that. In other words. He should have perceived that, hey, what these arrows represent is that you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna destroy the, the um, Assyrian army. And then he smote, smote it three times on the ground, the arrow, and he said, and he was actually, he was, he was mad. He goes, why didn't you do it a bunch of times? And you would have completely destroyed them, but no. So it's, we, he didn't understand it. He didn't catch it. And so there's times that that we our fleshly thinking is not these works of the flesh that I read through sometimes they can be these little things these promptings of God you know well you should you should go pray for that person you should you know has anybody ever done anything that you when you got done doing it for God you kind of went what did what did I you know that was that's kind of weird my you will know, I'll I remember one time there was a there was a boy that came to Sunday school and he stopped he moved and he he moved to a different location and it was a Saturday and I I talking to Shelly and I said let's go I said let's go find Marcus and she goes how are you going to do that and I said well I said I remember Brother Wendelin saying that he's seen him over on 26th Street. So we got in the car and we drove to 26th Street. We went down Rosser right here. And I and pretty soon, I we were driving down Rosser and I'm thinking, I thought to myself, I remember having this, this thought, how are we gonna find Marcus? <laughs> it's, like, it's like, so we were driving down Rosser and Shelly goes, she goes, what about this? Whatever color, whatever color apartment it was, I don't remember what color it was. She said, what about this apartment? Okay, so we pull, we pull up, and and then she says, well, "How are we going to find Marcus?" <laughs> we get out of the car, and I go, "Well, let's go look." We know it is. We kind of we know what kind of car. I know what kind of car his mom drives. It was a Trans Am, I believe. I don't remember what it was. It was, but I remembered back then. And I, we went around the back, and we. It's like, well, I didn't see your car, so we we looked at the building, we started walking to the building, and we' walking towards the apartment building, and a girl comes out, a young lady comes out, and she says, "I go, "Do you know Marcus B. healer?" And she, "No, And so I open up the door, we walk up the stairs, across the hall, and I knock on a door, and I say... I remember if I said, does Marcus B. Healer work live here? Do you know Marcus B. Healer? A kid, a kid answers the door and I said one of the two and the kid goes, Why? I'm thinking, whoa. <laughs> and here it was his cousin. And I'm and when I got when we got done with it, I thought, what just happened? You know? We found Marcus. He told us where Marcus lives. We went and picked, told, we Marcus kept coming to Sunday school, and and we go. I'm thinking later, it's like, Whoa, what, how did that happen? You know, the, it doesn't make sense, right? You do stuff, you do things that just don't make sense. In Bismarck, North Dakota, that you're going to go knock on the door of a kid that's the cousin of who you're looking for, and he tells you where, where he lives. It just don't make any sense. And, I, and I'm sure everybody has, I have other stories about doing that stuff, and it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to our to our fleshly thinking. Wow. Hmm. Okay. It's kinda. So our Isaiah 55 and 9 says, For our for as the heavens are higher than than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. <clears throat> The desires of the flesh always run contrary to the prompting of the spirit. The flesh takes a selfish course. The spirit takes a sacrificial path. While the flesh appeals to human logic, the Holy Ghost appeals to faith. So the remedy... Ephesians chapter so the lem, the remedy to the flesh is Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 19 and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess but be filled with the Spirit the scriptures command us to be filled with the Spirit when everything is full it's holding as much as possible when we are full of the Spirit of God there's no room for anything else the flesh becomes displaced it's just automatic when we become filled with the spirit, the flesh is displaced. And we, um, Matthew chapter 26 and 41, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so there, the Bible, when when it we read the scripture, boy, I'm trying to hurry here. We read the scripture in, uh, and there's, there's many scriptures that tell that we're supposed to be filled with the spirit Ephesians 5:18 and be drunk be not drunk with wine wherein is, ex- is excess but be filled with the spirit be filled with the spirit so it it seems I'll say seems there are there are degrees of spirituality and I I would have to say that is an absolute true statement when the scripture commands us to be filled with the Spirit, it's, it's implying that it may be possible to be less than full of the Spirit. So that's why I say that, that there, it seems to be di- uh, different degrees of spirituality because we could be half full of the Spirit, right? A quarter full of the Spirit. We can be three quarters. We can be full of the Spirit. And um, <clears throat> we know the fault. Oh, if a if a person often experiences the rise of, of our 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 flesh with, it suggests something is draining the fullness of the spirit from us. So if we're having problems with the flesh, we are having there's something that, that's going on that's draining the the spirit from within our life, and um, we know that the fault does not rest with the spirit of God, but the lack of the spirit of God. It's because we're not full of the spirit. And so how do we become, how are we become, I'm going to have to hurry here. How do we become full of the spirit of God is uh, Hebrews chapter five, or four and verse 12, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is discerning of the thoughts and intent of the heart. So Read the word of God. Study the word of God. Memorize the word of God. Love the word of God. Uh, prayer, 1 Corinthians fourteen fifteen. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit. I will pray with understanding also. I will sing with the spirit. I will sing with understanding also. Prayer. Prayer is, keeps us full of the Holy Ghost. Fasting, Isaiah four fifty-eight and verse 6, Is not this the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, that you may uh, break every yoke? And worship, worshiping gives, and there's, that is a whole se- separate subject um, it is a whole separate subject. Worship. We we think that worshiping is 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 in church, but the Jews didn't think that. I know Brother Walters used to say the Jews believed that work was worship. I just heard I just heard um, I just heard on the radio that they they talked. I never heard about this before. They talked about how the 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 world's economy was flat until the until the the Protestant Reformation, and they said actually they called it the the work Reformation because people understood that part of worshiping God was actually working, and it was interesting. I I heard it and I I got to look into that more, um, but so there it's more than it's just more studying is considered worship to the jews so there was more than just us physically in church worshiping god with our hands raised and and uh, to music that is not the only worship there is and so let's stand ephesians 5:18, and be not drunk with wine where wherein is excess but be filled with the spirit Let's pray as we're dismissed. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and kindness. We thank you for your great people. We pray that you touch each and every one of us, strengthen us, Lord. Help us to draw closer to you, to be filled with your Spirit, and to <coughs> destroy those carnal, carnal uh, needs in our life. We pray, Lord, in your precious name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. You're dismissed for about ten minutes.